0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show, we talk about the system we use to get clarity on our goals, certainty on how we reach them, and wealthy on our terms by rigging the game in our favor. As we share it here, and we share it here because we want to help you reach your goals on your terms. You've been told to scale by these products from every each, each way, often from good-meaning people. So it's not your fault when you look around and wonder, why am I not where I want to be In business. And as our mentor and business partner, Dan Nicholson says, the biggest risk is that we don't get what we want out of life. Got my good friend and business partner in the Whale Club here, Mr. Paul Sparks himself, not only a successful real estate investor, but also a certified certainty advisor. And guys, if you get value out of the show, please hit that subscribe button right now. That way we can help more people become wealthy on their terms. Title for today's show, How to Make Your Case should Steve build a realtor team again. Uh before we get into it, six word update. What you got, Paul?
1: Six word update today. <clears throat> Only one thing in the middle. And this is a reference to uh something that we just went through last week with the the whale club. Um talking about the barbell framework. There's a bunch of episodes that Steve and I have done over the last year on the barbell framework and um it's this idea that we really want to have things on one side of the bar or the other, you know, we don't want to be loading too much weight in the middle of the bar. And I think, uh, you know, just not to fully elaborate on that, but I I found that I had a lot of things that I was trying to work on that were in the middle of the bar. And now I'm trying to focus on only one thing in the middle. So that's my six word update today.
0: Perfect. So um, I got to do a presentation for uh, CG uh, last week, man like so much longer ago, uh, and I had to reread uh, Predictably Irrational uh, by Dan Ariely, one of my favorite uh, human psychology books. And there's a book in, there was a quote in there by Socrates that I think really sums up a lot of what we're trying to do inside uh, the Whale Club and Uncertainty Talks. And his quote was, the unexamined life isn't worth living, right? Like, is that a punch in the gut? You know, so many of us just kind of drift we go with the flow. We follow. We do what we're told by everyone else. Here's the right way to do this. Here's the right way. You know, you gotta get good grades. Go get a good job. This and that. You know, go to college. Or hey, if you're gonna build a business, make sure you do this. Get it. You know, uh, hire an integrator, scale, and all these things, right? Um, and we're we're so constantly telling people how to run their business, how to live their lives, and we just kind of follow along, right? Because we want to be part of the tribe. Uh, but when I reread that quote, the unexamined life isn't worth living. It just brought me back to all these conversations you and I have had uh, in Certainty Talks, Whale Club, and our and, and our conversations on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So.
1: And why do you, why do we not want to examine our life? Like, why when we say the unexamined life is not worth living, um, <clears throat> why do you think we fall victim to that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the reason why we go through this is because we've got a lot of skeletons in our closets that we don't really want to examine, you know? Um, Darren Hardy is someone that uh, I've looked up to as a mentor for the longest time. And one of the things he talks about is the reason why we're always on our phones, you know, checking our social media, why we have to listen to music or Audible or whatever while we're driving and we can't just drive in silence. It's because when we're silent or we're bored, it forces us to reflect. And when we reflect, we might not like what we hear. Yeah. Right? Uh, when we have to actually examine what's going on, it can be kind of scary. I mean, that's the reason why meditation is so powerful, right? But if you're if you're always bombarded with sounds and distractions, kind of drift. And and drifting is uh is, is more comfortable.
1: Well, and to to piggyback on that, it's more comfortable for sure. And we have a, 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 a kind of like a framework or a quote that we always talk about in the Whale Club. And it was from a, a woman who was a actually a child psychologist. Her name was Virginia Satir. And she says, most prefer the certainty of misery to the misery of uncertainty. Hmm. And wow, that hit me like a ton of bricks. What I think about, the best example I think about with that is, you know, it's that high school girlfriend that we all dated
2: mm-hmm.
1: that you knew that you probably should break this up. Like it's not going anywhere, mm-hmm. um, but you stay in the relationship because it's just, even though it's not great, you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we asked ourselves like, well, what's, it's so uncertain what's going to happen if we break it off and I'm going to be alone and maybe I won't find someone better all mm-hmm. these things that we tell ourselves. And we do the same thing in business, right?
0: We do. We do. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope that resonates for everyone else that's, that's listening. Uh, so, going back to the title of the show, right? Um, how to make a case to Steve build his realtor team again. So, you know, uh, we did part in the disruption a couple of weeks ago. And there was a conversation about agent outreach, which is a trending topic, I want to say, for the last year and a half. Um, and that's a show we do with, you know, Eric Brewer, Leon Barnes, CJ, RJ, Jimmy Vreeland. Uh, and Eric mentioned, well, he also works with realtors because we already have the data because we pulled a list. We've already skip traced the list. So we have actually what realtors want, motivated sellers, right? He's like, why don't we collaborate with them? To which I thought, why don't we collaborate mm-hmm. with them? Like, this is a, it's a brilliant idea. Um, but... Before I make any kind of commitments, I want to talk to Paul, right? Which is what we're doing here today. Uh, So, you know, just to preface this, I have talked to, you know, Matthew Potter, the host of PTD. got his input, uh, my title rep, uh, my best friend, and Eric. I actually called Eric directly, right? To get everyone's perspective. But I didn't want to make any commitments or obligations before we actually make our case. And so we got Mr. Paul Sparks, right? Uh, This is the guy who helps other people make their case. So before we even make any kind of commitments, any decisions, you know, plant our flag on the ground or name our puppy, I guess that's before we name our puppy. Mm -hmm. Let's go through this exercise. Let's make our case.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, and for those that are listening, Steve and I, this is, this is live ammo here. Like we're going to do this process and we're probably going to because Steve and I have spent a lot of time um, coordinating language, we have terms and things that we're not going to slow down to explain today. We're just going to go through the process of this is how we solve problems. And again, some of this is going to sound like, I don't know what name the puppy means, or I don't know what the parenting frame is or these different things, but we're going to show you how we use this with an actual problem. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be fun. So should Steve build a realtor team? Mm -hmm. Uh, And for those, we're, we're talking about the CASE framework. So let's define what that means. CASE is an acronym. That stands for what, Steve?
0: Compile, analyze, strategize, execute.
1: Yes. And so we always want to kind of go in that order because Steve and I are people that are very susceptible to, ooh, I could do this thing and I could make more money doing it. So before we take off, we use this framework to kind of, well, let's start with the collect phase. Mm-hmm. So first question, like we always ask is, is this even worth doing? Is this worth doing? And how does this align with our solvable problem? So, you know, as you again, I know your solvable problem, but talk to me a little bit, just like articulate that for those that are listening, what it is you're actually trying to get closer to.
0: I mean... The close the solvable problem when we broke it down really is just like 20k a month. Like we really don't need a whole bunch, right? Like that's what's crazy. We don't need that much. So uh, in the grand scheme of things, 90% of pro of listeners are probably in that 20K a month, and we're all probably just as close, right? Uh to to getting there. Um, but you know, taking a step further, the why, right? It's uh having a wife that feels cherished, having kids. That are um well adjusted and fulfilled. Uh being able to create millionaires within our organization and uh be able, this is the the big hairy one, right? This is the to be around uh for my great grandkids, I can mentor them too. Right? Not my grandkid uh not my grandkids, because that's like a given, right? As long as we don't do anything stupid, <laughs> we should be there. But to be able to stick around and, and make an impact, lasting legacy, where we can even help our great, grandkids.
1: Yeah, that's great. And, you know, you spend a lot of time working through being able to articulate that and being able to clearly explain what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. is is critical because I think we can all agree. And you say this in the intro, the biggest risk that we all face is not getting what we want out of life. Right. And so we want to make sure all of our decisions are getting us closer to what we're trying to accomplish without chasing more and more and more. Because again, all of us would agree that all the money in the world would be for nothing if we didn't have this, you know, these other things, Mm -hmm. the cherished wife, well-adjusted and fulfilled kids, being able to make an impact on your organization, being, you know, your health and your happiness. So we've got to evaluate these decisions in, reference to those other things. So the question really is here, should you build this realtor team? So you tell me, what are the things that we need to consider in terms of impact to the other? Because of course, you could make more money. Could you make more money doing this? Hmm. I guess. Is that a yes or a no?
0: I mean, that's an easy yes.
1: Okay. So we can make more money doing this. But how does this impact other things? Or does it?
0: So it impacts things in two ways, right? Let's just qualify this, if. If this goes as planned, right? Because nothing goes exactly as planned. If this goes as planned, uh, you know, I'm really fortunate to have an ecosystem where this actually feeds multiple avenues, right? Um, I'm at Real, right? Real Brokerage, which is an MLM. So we are financially incentivized to recruit, right? So it, it brings in more money there. We own a title company and we bring in more realtors and we give them the data and we say, you need uh, to use our title company. It feeds the title company. We're giving the realtors data from our wholesale company, right? So if you're using the data from a wholesale company, guess what? Our team eats first. If the seller says, I want to meet with a realtor. And after they meet with the realtor, it's like, well, I still want a cash offer. You're only bringing in one cash offer and it's ours right uh and then anything they list because I'm a licensed realtor, they're gonna pay me at least fifty percent referral fee right so like so the answer to the money part or the upside part the answer is yes, and I think it has a good amount of upside. the fear right how does this impact us is you know what was it every decision has a, an infinite number of trade offs. Mm-hmm. What is it going to cost us, right? Costs as far as focus, attention, you know, wh- where will this hurt us? Parenting frame, where will this hurt us that we're not aware of yet? That's where, th- that you're talking about, you know, will this impact other businesses? It'll absolutely impact other businesses. How will it hurt us are, are the areas I'm not quite quite clear on.
1: Well, let's break that it apart then and we'll use the barbell to mm-hmm. sort of, articulate that <clears throat> what do you have right now on the reliable side of your barbell and how close really because because ideally we want to get this twenty thousand a month mm-hmm. from the reliable side right. so i guess my question is like well how close are we to that
0: uh on the active side it's not reliable whatsoever all right um we have uh we have peaks and valleys so it is not reliable i would say if you look at all the pieces the most reliable uh, are the two pieces. The most reliable are actually actually there's three pieces. Uh the title company is fairly consistent. That's 10 to 20k a month, month in, month out, right? Uh the uh uh the education business, right? Uh as far as profits, that's anywhere from 20 to 40k a month, right, in profits. Um and then real it's reliable but it's not great. It's like 3,000 a month. Right? Sure. Um so that's the business side. Um but then you look at the personal side, right? Cuz you know, over the years we've acquired some properties. Um so I think we're at 5k a month in passive cash flow like after property managers paid and everything. Actually, I think I take that back. It's closer to 6. I always forget. Um that we have fractional ownership in an apartment complex. So about 6K a month in passive.
1: So title company, 10 to 20K, education, 20 to 40K, personal 6K. Yeah. So fair enough, or fair to say, like on the low end, you're at what, like 36,000 a month? So like you've exceeded your...
0: Well, that's those companies. But on the grand scheme of things, if you look at, you know, the, the, the active side, I would say if you add it all together, you know, because... We have ebbs and flows between all of them. Uh, we have the, uh, the wholesale company on any given month, right? It's either negative 10 or 100, like any given month. So that's unreliable. And then we do have a component for a holding company for all the companies. And we have pretty significant payroll there, right? So, you know, uh, running the, the wholesale, not the wholesale, the, the, the media side, that takes a a pretty healthy chunk Uh, and then, you know, the space and everything else. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I would not, if you take the hold of the whole thing, um, it is not reliable uh, uh, by the, our traditional means of if I go take a break vacation for three months, it's just going to be like still flowing. I would not consider this to be reliable. Sure.
1: But fair to say that the title
0: company out of companies the, are
1: personal, the personal investments that you have mm-hmm. those are fairly on autopilot at this point like yes. it's highly predictable and reliable yes we also have the education which mm-hmm. um, is also fairly predictable and reliable
0: yeah. from what you're saying uh, the floor is a lot is predictable and reliable gotcha right. got gotcha, you gotcha yeah
1: and because you have designed that business as like a continuity business, mm-hmm meaning people pay you every month right. it's highly predictable because yes. it's similar to similar to a rental property it's highly predictable yes um, great and i think i actually just want to mention something last week you and i were both at collective genius and i heard uh jack bosch i know you are in business with and some other ventures and things yeah. he described the solvable problem in the in the barbell in a in a slightly different analogy cuz he's a german guy mm-hmm. he described it as like You know, the castle with the moat, you know, and it's it's like the the reliable stuff is the stuff that goes inside the castle. You want to build these walls up as high as you possibly can. You want to dig this moat around so absolutely nothing can touch it. It goes into the vault. It goes into the castle like it's in there. It's in the bank. We don't touch it. It's Mm -hmm. the reliable stuff.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: So so you've got. From what you're telling me here, what you need on the reliable side. Yes. Okay. What is on the, uh, what's on the other side, the asymmetric bets? The, and, and as you and I know, asymmetric means big upside with low downside. Mm-hmm. Often that downside could be effort and energy that you're having to put in. Like you don't have to really do a whole lot. Right. Right. And it's not really predictable, but if it hits, you know, the upside's big because again, you didn't have to put anything out. If your effort is zero and
2: mm-hmm.
1: your risk is zero, that's an asymmetric bet because anything that you get is upside at that point. What do you have there?
0: Uh, I would, I would go back to the education company, you know, um, a different part of it, a different segment of it. You know, we got our sales community within it, right? So e- even within the education company, you know, we have our client base, that's the reliable, right? Everyone in CG, that's the reliable side. Um our sales community has tremendous upside with very little downside. But you know, this is this is one of the 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 things that we're feeding, right? Um I would say what else is on the upside? Um I wouldn't I can't think of anything else specifically on the upside except for our because we put education kind of on both just different components. Uh, you know, what part of it's reliable, part of it has upside. But the I would say the wholesale is definitely in the middle of the barbell, right? It, it's not reliable. Uh, it's got a good upside, but it do, it also has uh, uh, downsides as well. Well, then yeah, and the downside is not
1: always a financial ramification. Mm-hmm. We have to real we have to realize that as small business owners, resources are scarce. You know, yeah. so when when you said it already that everything has an infinite number of trade offs, which means when you choose to work on something there's other things that your resources are now not able to be applied to. And the middle of the bar is where most of us find the things that we're doing, right? Like we have these, we have rental properties, we have some stuff in the, in the castle, in the vault, on the reliable side of the barbell, these are all ways of saying the same thing. So let's talk about what's in the middle of the bar and what makes something middle of the bar. Yeah. Um, what, what, is that? what does that look like? What, what, first of all, what does middle of the bar
0: mean? Well, middle of the bar is that it's not reliable and predictable,
2: yep.
0: and it doesn't have asymmet- asymmetric risk to the upside, right? Low risk, high reward. Not necessarily low risk, but significantly lower risk in proportion to the reward, right? Yeah. So I would say uh, the wholesale company sits there because it doesn't have uh, a really high floor. Right, the the floor goes past zero uh, on mm-hmm. that side because between overhead and marketing, if we have a, if we have a goose egg for the month, that's a negative. That's not a that's not like only we only made ten k this month. Yeah,
1: yeah. So wholesaling, I would also argue that Whale Club is in the middle of the bar right now mm-hmm. because we're building more reliability into that business. Right. You know, you and I are actively working on that community. So these are. I, I just think of it as like. What are we actively doing throughout the day? Are you, so you're working on the wholesale, you know, business. Um,
0: Well, I would say we're talking about like an activity inventory, right? So I spent, we went through this this morning, right? So an hour on Tuesday, uh, three hours on Wednesdays, two hours on Thursdays, right? So that's six hours every week, week in, week out, fulfilling the coaching that we've sold, right? Six hours set aside for coaching. Uh, Three hours a week. Closer to four, sorry, more like four hours a week, podcast, right? Certainty talks, real estate disruptors, uh, and, and part of the disruption, right? So probably more than four hours doing research and so on. Um, so right. So the- I would
1: also argue that podcasting is an upside play.
0: Yeah, because
1: the downside is very low. You know, you you spend an hour, and the upside is tremendous because you have all these outlets to capture things right so someone wants to join your sales leadership they want to join whale club they want to invest with you they want to sell you a house whatever a lot of that comes from a very low risk activity which is podcasting
0: yeah um and then we have meetings right i wouldn't really count those those towards anything but i mean there's four plus hours a week in meetings so beyond that right what are we focused on uh, so we're going to talk about middle of the barbell. What are we, because I'm not actually spending a lot of time in the wholesale company, right? That's all ran by someone else. So what What am I actually actively spending time doing? Right. Sales leadership, whale club, um, and sales training. That's it. Those are the three things that we're saying. Like we're talking about, you know, uh, amount of activity and effort. Those are three, uh, that we're applying effort into. Right and you
1: know, you're the CEO, right? Like your job is not necessarily to do all of the work, but to recognize where, how to direct resources. Allocating that- resources,
0: that's that's predominantly what I'm doing. Allocating resources and then uh, putting out fires, right? Uh, people's feelings get hurt throughout all operations, right? So putting out fires. Um, and then figure out where some things are broken you know um, we, we recently switched everything over from active campaign and Kartra in the go high level mm-hmm. right and as I'm doing this transition why did we do this transition sales the sales guys on our education side were set up for failure because there was no accountability piece inside of uh, active campaign so we had to switch CRMs Well, as we're switching CRMs you can just see all the years of just waste, right? Like, um, you know, I, I recently reread uh, Scaling Up and there's something Vern Harnish says in there that's really painful. I think it was that one. I think it was Vern Harnish, which is that either you're growing and scaling or you're funding waste. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sucks.
2: <laughs>
0: right. So well, if growing didn't... and scaling,
1: I think also... So yeah, growing and scaling, growth can can mean raising the floor, mm-hmm. we confuse those two things. We talk about raising the ceiling versus raising the floor. Right. And we, we hear these words of growth and scale, mm-hmm. and we think that that means bigger, more deals, whatever. Yeah. But sometimes that can just mean getting rid of the negative months, right? right? Raising the floor so that we're consistently bringing in positive profitability. Mm-hmm. So our downside is is significantly limited. right? Um, so out of these three things, wholesale, whale club, sales leadership, you're mm-hmm. applying energy and effort and resources to these things, your own personal energy, effort, right. and resource. Right. So if we add this, and, and ideally, my, my six-word update for the day was only one thing in the middle. You know, You yep. and I just have a tendency, we're always going to have that tendency, I think, mm-hmm. to just want to take on more,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know? We see this opportunity. We want it, and so we go for it. So, you know, we know that we have to be cognizant of too many things in the middle of the bar. Sure. Do you feel like now is is the appropriate time to add something else into the middle of the bar?
0: Uh, Plainly, no. The answer is no. I'm going to qualify it, but. Well, so
1: (laughs) so what we need to do then is we can't put it in the middle of the bar.
0: Not right now. Right. It
1: either needs to be an asymmetric bet or we need to figure out what, what does that look like to make it reliable fairly quickly? Who Man. is that person? You know, it's the Ben Hardy thing, who, not how. Right. Uh, it doesn't have to be you that's Oh, it's absolutely
0: on- not going to be me. I mean, I already, I already knew that. No matter what I do, it will never be me uh, leading a venture. So uh, right. yeah, for me, most of my energy is going to be in either podcasting or, or the sales training, right? Like those are the things that give me energy. Right. Uh, like whale club jumping on those calls, right. Watching people win. Like, you sent me a testimony yesterday uh, by one of our members, right? Like, he had an emotional reaction to the call yesterday. Like, that's awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that is what fuels me. That's what gives me energy. So, I would say between uh, fulfilling coaching uh, and podcasting, these are the things that give me energy. So, that's where most of my resources or most of my time is going to be spent. So, yeah, any new venture we do. It'll, it won't be me leading it unless it's something that's got so much upside and requires little involvement from other people. But I already know because I've built brokerage. I've built a large realtor team. It will 100% not be me because I will want to burn it after a week. Right. Sure. So it will not be me spending uh, effort on this.
1: So then how do we create... Uh, anytime we do something new, it mm-hmm. can't be reliable. Now, you've done this... Four, so we do have data that actually you don't really like this business Mm -hmm. um so i think that needs to be considered because we talked about preference versus binary just Mm -hmm. because we can do something doesn't mean we always should do something right so the question is how do we keep this asymmetric to the upside
0: well if we already knew from from day one that if we were going to do this it'd be a matter of who not how right mm -hmm. anytime it's like hey i've got this idea it's got to be who not how um, there's another crazy idea we can talk about some other time, right? But if it requires effort from me, more than an hour and a half of effort a week of effort from me it's going to be a no. Like we already have enough things going on. Yeah. Uh, so then as a matter of like, can we find the right candidate? And so the cool thing is that we have a director recruiting within our organization now who's always on the lookout for new salespeople. And as we have on the lookout for new salespeople, we have a candidate who doesn't work for our dispo side, but she's had a lot of experience recruiting realtors, managing realtors, and she's been in the wholesale game. Right? So I was like, and she's a persuader, right? Uh, Which is a decent enough profile on the predictive index to manage salespeople. So we're looking at this. and I don't know if she's the one, but if she is the one, She's going to be in charge of running it and we'll allocate some resources towards it. But it'll right. definitely not be me. I already knew that going in.
1: Right. Well, and and so we just want to make sure that if we're, if you're going to do this thing, that it's just not costing you resources that additional resources, right? Yeah. We, if we can reallocate unused resources to something that can get us, Asymmet- asymmetric bets to the upside. Mm-hmm. There's only so many times I can say that yeah. phrase.
0: We call well, it, but <laughs> having screwed up so many times, you know, actually, someone pulled me aside. It's like, how do you continue to give like all these like rock star presentations? SEG, which is like an incredible compliment, right? It's like, well, because I have really made a lot of like explosive mistakes <laughs> in my career, and we get a chance to learn from all of them, right? So, what do I know now? A is always going to be ten times harder. So I know this is going to take resources from our CFO, right? Because there's going to be one more set of books she's going to have to manage, right? Uh, there's going to be one more. We're going to have to spend some more time uh, inside the, you know, sky slope and, and and the internal database, right, for managing realtors. That's going to happen. Um, this person's going to have to be in our leadership meeting, right? Because we're going to have to bring in another leader. And we already have a leadership team. Of myself, um, Larry, Jaden, Summer, and Elias. That's five people ready in our leadership meeting. We're going to bring in a six. Right now, our leadership meetings are supposed to be ninety minutes, usually run about an hour forty-five. So there's going to be some more time. It's going to lengthen our leadership meetings. Uh, it's going to. We're going to have to have. It doesn't cost us anything, but we're going to have to have another Google Chat, right? It, these are little small things that we have to add over time. We got Another email, this and that, but it's just complexity within an organization grows by adding another piece so those are things sure. that i'm aware of already not taking into account things i'm not aware of
1: mhm i mean i think that the main question here is 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 this is this going to impact because you are the face of the brand right like yeah. you doing the podcasting engaging in the communities this is your top most valuable revenue generating activity. Right. The, the number one question is like how does this impact that? And how can we engineer it in a way so that it doesn't impact that? Mm-hmm. It also doesn't impact the people who are there to support you in doing that, right? right. Elias from the media team. Is this going to impact his ability to you know and, and I think I already know the answer.
0: Um, it's definitely going to be at a bare minimum of drag, at a bare sure. minimum, right? So
1: it's not zero. It's
0: right? not zero. Yeah. So like, I already learned, right? It's because of how many different things we do. It confuses our audience, right? What does Steve do, right? Is he a sales trainer? Is he a podcaster? Uh, does he teach certainty? Um, is he a dispo guy? Is he a, uh, a list guy? Like, what what is he, right? So. One thing I've already am already aware of is that I have very little intention on promoting the realtor team, right so if I do this, I don't fully intend to spend a lot of time on social media promoting it right Someone else can be responsible for the recruiting Someone else can be responsible for the uh, for the, for the uh, promotion of that company but it won't be on me because our audience is already confused that's what we do. I can't add any more to it.
1: Uh, well said, we got to keep the the main thing, the main thing, you know, Um, this is just back to um, uh, Gary Keller, right? The one Mm -hmm. thing, the one
0: thing, Um, what's the one thing.
1: I mean, the one thing, like, I know you as a sales trainer. I think that's how most of the industry knows you. So I think every time, and this comes back to commissioner frame, we need to ask ourselves, how does this impact the number one, most, important thing, which for you is podcasting and talking about sales training. It's kind of two things they sort of mold and meld together to create the Steve Trang brand, right? Right. And that is the most, I think the biggest risk with anything that you do is Mm. how does it impact the brand? How does it impact people's understanding of what you do and your value? Because that's how you generate revenue through all of your
2: businesses.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know how to impact negatively. We should definitely spend more time on that. I forgot one of the other positives is as we're building our sales community, right, which is a ge- generic uh, sales training, it's not uh, wholesaling specific or flipping specific. One of the biggest opportunities, even before Eric brought up this idea, was that I used to have a good amount of influence in the realtor community. I should be pushing our sales community uh, upon the realtors, right? Uh, and so... I think there's also that other component as well. Anyway, that was a distraction, but that was, you know, we're talking about other other ways it impacts. Realtors are super connected, if we can get uh, more realtors inside our, our sales community, I think it will help us hit critical mass sooner whereas a community that builds upon itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to like how do we prevent this from hurting the brand
1: or sucking up resources from the people who are helping you build yeah. and provide.
0: Yeah, so how does this... And just for everyone that's listening right now, is this collecting or analyzing?
1: I think we're still in the collect phase.
0: Okay. Uh, so, yeah, because we talked about a suck on our, our financial... Uh, our CFO, right? We talked about how it's going to suck up in the, the the leadership meetings. So We might have more meetings just because we have this other department. Uh, how is it going to affect media? I'm certain we're going to have a situation where... They're gonna require some attention, and we're gonna to have to I would say probably in thinking this through um we would not allow any I'm, I'm glad we're going through this exercise because we get to think through this. I wouldn't allow media resources to be applied towards this until revenue is coming in from this venture mm-hmm. right. So setting the rules, the commissioner frame. Yep. Until revenues coming in from this new venture, we cannot allocate any resources towards it.
1: That's that's a great rule. Um, no resources until profitable. Yep. I'm I'm making notes of all these commissioner frames mm-hmm. uh, that we're adding. Profitable.
0: Oh, by the way, because compiling sucks. That's
1: how you create asymmetry, right? Like the way that it stays on the asymmetric side is is by having a big upside with a low downside. What does it mean to to reduce downside? It means that it doesn't impact the rest of the business. It's Mm -hmm. not taking resources from these businesses. It can stand alone. And until we've got a preponderance of data to Mm -hmm. support that this is a profitable thing to do, it's okay to take a micro step.
0: Yeah.
1: And we'll come back to that. Um, Let's talk about the four frames real quick. And mm-hmm. again, I'm not even gonna slow down to explain this. We're just gonna go through it. Go back and listen to our old podcast if you want to learn more about using this, the four lenses. Yeah. Well, um, I have
0: it right here also, you know, just <laughs> on my laptop, my desktop cover. So yep. I'm looking at it over here.
1: <laughs> so is it a revenue generator? Clearly. Yeah. Is it a is it a time savings?
0: No, we are definitely not saving time with this. we're compressing time, but we're not saving time. And is that's an if. It? The compressing time is an yeah. if.
1: So I think that there's certain things that we can do to make sure that this is a time savings. I think it comes down to is there's also, a, you know, and I don't know the person that you're considering for this role, but it, it's going to require the right person that,
0: oh, that can 100%. be an economist. 100% requires the right person. So we would not start this venture. Like, even if we wanted to do it, just like I have, you know, we have right now on the shelf, right? Starting a hedge fund. Right, that's on the shelf right now until the right guy is ready, and we have the right guy, he's just not mentally ready, right, mm-hmm. but once he's ready, he and Potter are gonna be running the hedge fund right so right. uh so yes, definitely, this is an idea that we we're we're seeing if we like the idea, but even if we love the idea, we are definitely not leaving the dock <laughs> until we have the right captain,
1: yeah, yeah, so. We're going to do everything that we can at the beginning to make sure that the time is very minimal, right? If we do this, it has to be on our terms and no resources until profitable. It can impact the one thing. Mm. And you can't spend more than an hour and a half a week on anything new. That is an upside play. So we got those down cost savings. How does this save you cost?
0: Um, does reusing data count as a saving cost
1: i start thinking more and more yes because like um it's sort of like I'm trying to think of a good analogy here you know if you i'm just an engineer so i'm just going to say it how i think of it like <laughs> if you've got a if you got a production system you know you're manufacturing something and the scrap that is Created from that process can be repurposed and used for something additional. Yeah. That is a cost savings, yeah. right? It's a value add. It's you know in, in lean six sigma world that is a value add and and certainly a cost savings. And so that's how I see it. Here is it's it's waste. It's scrap, right? Otherwise, you were just going to toss this stuff aside. You weren't going to use it. So right. what you're saying here is how do we repurpose something that we were already going to be spending money on? Yeah. And if we threw it away. We're just throwing this out. Is there a way to repurpose this and use it somewhere else in process? And so I see it as a cost savings.
0: Yeah, I know for us, you know, going back to engineering, right? When I worked at Intel, I I worked in the memory uh, department. Right, so like the hard drives or the drive, right? What's the storage inside your phone is is memory, right? It's USB, not USB, it's um, flash memory. And for years, I worked at Intel for three and a half years year and a half of that i was working in the memory division which is profitable one quarter ever i was like why are we even in this <laughs> why do we even exist and they're like well you see we spent 4 billion dollars building building the silicon foundry and we need to get as much out of that 4 billion dollars as possible so even though we lose money we at least get to reuse this foundry and then price drop and cut everyone else's profit margins, right? So Samsung can't sell the memory for as much and so on. So it wasn't even to make money. It was just to hurt everyone else. So they were able to reuse their foundry and hurt everyone else. It was a win for Intel. Um, It's a win. It's a win, right? So yes. Uh, So in this instance, it's kind of like reusing the foundry. We're reusing our data. We already spent the money on the data. We've already skip traced it. We have the phone numbers. We We know they're motivated in some capacity or another.
1: Right. And, and I think the key here too, is that I I don't want this to get mistaken for the reason why this makes sense in, in that, uh, in the cost savings part of the lens is because it doesn't cost you a whole lot to rework that scrap you're we're going to, we're going to design this in a way that we're just taking it and giving it to somebody else and saying, here, um, make use of this (laughs) work, this list, work this list. Yeah. Is this a forcing
0: function? Hmm, is this a forcing function? Um, Is this forcing me to do something else I wouldn't normally be doing? Uh, I could say, I mean, the only forcing function here uh, I can think of at the moment is our Dispo got quit on a Friday. So um, this would help on dispositions. But I feel that's kind of a, a stretch. What is this forcing me to do?
1: Um, and I think typically when forcing function is obvious, mm. it's a forcing function, right? When we're yeah. sitting here saying like, how does this force me to do something I already was, it's like well, it you, you probably, it's probably not a forcing function. Yeah. Right? You didn't need to do this.
0: Yeah. I guess, and this is also a stretch, which is I, I always seem to do whenever we go to these lenses.
2: <laughs>
0: um, is that we were intending on recruiting at some point for the downline at Real, right? Um, but is that really necessary? Not necessary, but it was something we were intending on doing: was building our downline at Real. We just haven't dedicated any resources to it. Yeah. So
1: I mean, I'm going to put this on the shelf as like probably not a forcing function. Not really.
0: Um, That's something I had to do.
1: So it's a revenue generator, it's a cost savings, um, time savings. It's not going to be a time savings initially, but yeah. to your point, it, it is something that I think can help you get to these you know, other things faster if it does work. Right? right? If this works, it could be a time savings because it allows you to make a bigger impact and get where you're going faster. Yeah. So we just need to be cognizant that we're not going to allocate any resources to it um, until we know that it's profitable. So let's talk through quickly some of the lenses, um, or sorry, sorry, some of the frames. So we have the commissioner frame.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it can't take up any more than a certain amount of time per week. You said one and a half hours. Yeah. So we constantly need to be reevaluating as we're micro-stepping through this. Who is this impacting? Because it's going to be really easy for us to make this decision mm-hmm. and then justify over time Hey, can I have, you know, some, Hey, can I meet with you about this? Hey, can I do this? Hey, can I do that? If it starts sucking up resources from the one thing, we have to shut it down immediately. Yeah. No, we're not. We are not going to allow this to impact that. And we're not going to allocate any resources until we're profitable. So I think your number one thing here is to continue to build out anything else that's there and clearly communicate that to this person who's coming in. hmm because if they don't know the rules of your engagement, hey, we see this as a big upside play, but it only stays an upside play if it doesn't suck up the resources from the other people. So it, again, it comes down to the right person in the right seat, I think.
0: Right. Well, it absolutely comes down to that. for Sure. Okay.
1: Let's play professional skeptics, Steve. Yeah. Why should we not do this? Why is this a terrible idea?
0: Terrible idea if it becomes a distraction from the one thing right our number one activity i'd say that's the first thing um i don't know if this comes back to like i kind of live in these two worlds right realtor and wholesaler i started in the realtor side and i kind of feel like i've become a little bit of a black sheep in the realtor community you know because i'm pretty heavy on the wholesaling side and now we're kind of going back to like okay now we're realtor and wholesaler which um some people I have a distaste for, but it doesn't matter to me. Um why else is this a bad idea besides sucking up resources?
1: How could this impact your brand by confusing your clients?
0: Well, since we're not gonna be dedicating resources or, or not, not not pushing it out, you know, not in our emails, not in our social media, it shouldn't confuse the brand. Right. So the reason why this would be
1: a bad idea is if it impacted those things. How about like the other currencies? Um...
0: So <clears> time, <throat> influence, money. Um, I think money is a positive here. Energy, we already said, you know, an hour and a half, uh, a week. Um, relationships, I think it's actually a plus for relationships because it gives, me, it gives me an opportunity to rehash a lot of the old relationships that I've kind of abandoned. Because I left the realtor side. Um, why else should we not do this?
1: Yeah, that's the hard one, right? When we when we're seeing it as like such a great opportunity, well, we and, can... and it may be that there's not a ton of reasons.
0: Well, this is something that you and I have talked about, right? Like uh, in the Whale Club, is that as entrepreneurs with shiny object syndrome, when it's like, we can see it, we can taste it, you know, we can we can hold it, it's really hard for us to see the downside. <laughs> it's this close. Uh, there are downsides, there's absolutely downsides, but it's hard, and I think that's one of the, uh, the biggest weaknesses in, in my, uh, just the way I'm wired, is seeing all the things can go wrong. I need people, it's actually the reason why the people around me are super realistic it's because I need someone to keep me <laughs> grounded. Otherwise, I'm always in the clouds. All right, mm-hmm. So everyone around me is actually very, very realistic. Yeah. So. Well,
1: then maybe what you can do, because that's really good. You want to have these advisors around you. And this is the power of teaching them this language as well. So what I might recommend you do then is like go talk with your leadership team mm-hmm. and get them to answer that question. Yeah. Why is this a like we're going to play professional skeptic here? And we're just going to see things through this lens. And before we do this, I want to get your, your feedback on why we think that what risk that could this pose to the brand, why is this a bad idea? I would go collect that information from them. Just get them to articulate it because they're going to see things that you don't see. And this is why I have guys like Dr. Jeff in my corner, because I just I see money and I'm like, ooh, I could I could make more money if I did this thing. But of course, you know, asking your wife, asking other people from those days, like, why is this a bad idea? And be open to taking and collecting that information before we make any other decisions. Yeah. Um, but let's assume that you did that for the sake of this conversation.
0: I mean, I've surveyed a, a, a good amount of people, um, and only person that's like said you're an idiot is my best friend, who's also my accountability partner, right? And he has. He has a decent amount of clout, right? We've known each other since seventh grade. We've been like best friends since, since like seventh grade. And also, I mean, he recently exited his company for 80 mil. So he knows what he's talking about, right? <laughs> so I uh, don't take his opinion li- uh, lightly.
1: Well, and not everybody's gonna be right. I mean, you can, but, but I think that you should hear them all out. Right? Absolutely. And if he said this is a terrible idea, then get him to articulate why.
0: Yeah, well, he gave me actually an exercise what are you building and is this helping you fulfill your goals? Like, well, that's a great question. And I'm going to ask Paul tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Let's well, solve a problem. Is this help you get closer or are we just chasing yeah. more? So that's the first filter. Like, does this help you get closer to what you're trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Um, and only, you know, the answer to that, right? It's yeah. your solve problem. Um, but so again, to just kind of continue on here and just, um, let's talk about some of the uh, growth principles. So if we're going to do this,
2: mm-hmm.
1: well, we actually probably have a preponderance of data actually, because you've done this before yeah. and you didn't love like it. I didn't love right? it. No. So, <laughs> so again, if we're going to do this, the mm-hmm. question is, is like in your, in your, um, in state, what are the rules, like continuing to build out these commissioner frames? Mm-hmm. Like this is, I'm not going to do it unless we can hit these things. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, if if we can't hit all these things, we're just not going to do it. We're going to shut it down immediately.
0: Well, there were a couple of different things when I hated it before as well, though. Right. When I hated it before, I didn't have other people to subsidize my expenses. Right. So I had to pay for marketing. Right. Um, I had to pay for marketing here. I don't have to pay for marketing. Um, as a matter of fact, I get paid to do this because I have a title company now. Whereas before, I had to you know, go ask people for money to subsidize marketing. And even then, I was kind of like, it was always uncomfortable. Back then, I had no idea how to manage salespeople. Now I work with Ren. I know how to manage salespeople, right? But the reason why I hated it before was because salespeople had this tendency to always want to renegotiate their commissions and make more money in a zero sum game where if you make more money, well then I don't get to spend money on marketing. Right? If you make more money, I don't now I don't get to profit. Right. It's a different scenario now. Now we know how to effectively lead salespeople. So the things I hated before are no longer true.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or the two of the things I hated before are no longer true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good. And so if we can design, so I think that the next step here is to take a micro step. Yeah. Um, because our tendency is going to be like, let's go hire this person and let's go build this whole thing out. But until we know that we can satisfy all these points on the commissioner frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we kind of also, we glossed over, we didn't really hit parenting frame. Like how do we prevent this from happening? But that's relevant. I think right now, how do we prevent ourselves from overbuilding too quickly and getting ourselves into a situation where if we do this thing, it's not that we're recapturing unused resources and reallocating it to this. That would actually be a really good thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, now it starts taking up resources from the areas that are your number one thing. So what is the micro step here, Steve?
0: Uh, I think interview this candidate because we were interviewed her for another seat. It didn't work you know, uh, for her. Uh, she wanted a base. Um, so I think the micro step is to interview her, share this idea with her, and if she's on board, have her watch this episode. Mm. Right? It's like, hey, here's what you're walking into. I don't think we can document any better if here's what you're walking into than this <laughs> candid dialogue we just had. So all I right. think, uh, interview her, see if she's interested, uh, have her watch this episode, and then, I think she's heard all the negative things. And <laughs> my... Uh, my free thoughts, there, there wasn't anything held back. And from there, I think that's probably the, the 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 first micro step. After that, if she's on board with commission only, then um, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to say like let her rip, right? All right. like what, what I would say,
1: Steve, is you probably need to define the boundaries of what success looks like and how long you're willing to do it for. Yeah. So for example, like you're being hired for, and again, this is why hyper honesty is, is actually much better in the long run. Yeah. Not it. You're saying like, we're trying this for three months.
2: Mm.
1: Here's the things that we're going to, you know, here's what success looks like. Yeah. If we don't hit these things and it impacts if you know, whatever, we're just going to, we're just going to call it a quits right there. We're just going to yeah. stop. Because we don't want to, we don't want to go forward. We don't want to scale until we've hit these predefined points. So if we can't hit those, yep. then we're just not going to move forward. And the person that takes that position, they have to be aware of that. This is oh, a performance. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we know what her financial targets were. So I guess I would say, you know. <clears throat> If this goes the way I I see this going, she would make significantly more than her financial targets. Um, So maybe we just have a situation where like, all right, here's what we need to hit target-wise. And if we do, we're hitting your goals. And as long as we're hitting your goals, since my goals would be higher, as long as we're hitting your goals, it makes sense to continue. After three months, you don't see how this supports your goals. We call it quits, right? Because... If we're saying, hypothetically, um, she's getting a percentage of the revenue from the commissions, and she's going to get a um, percentage of the revenue um, actually twice, one from the downline component, one from uh, the sales. If we're not doing... I don't know what's the middle. I'll have to do the math. If it's two deals or three deals a month, if we're not generating two or three deals a month by month three from this exercise, it doesn't make sense to continue.
1: There you go. I mean, you just gotta just I think this is the point where getting clarity as the commissioner of your own game, you're designing this. The yeah. only way that this works for you is if it has asymmetry to the upside. We have too many things in the middle of the bar. We've collected Mm -hmm. the information and we realize like we've got to keep the one thing, the one thing. Yeah. It's got to, it can't impact these other areas, but we do have an opportunity to like recapture some wasted resources and reallocate it to a revenue generating opportunity. But we just have to be cognizant of the other risks here. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think with a well-designed micro step, here, your next, this next step is critical, right? Because if you're hiring somebody who ends up not understanding the rules of the game and they don't understand that this could be over in three months if we don't hit certain things where well, we're just not going to, you know, this is not a, this is not a permanent thing. This is a test. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of, I made that mistake a lot of times by just saying, we're going to do this thing, except I just didn't define, I didn't define success. I didn't define an endpoint. We're going to do this until this, and then we're going to reevaluate. Yeah. And if we don't hit certain things, it's just not worth pursuing. And that's okay too. Um, but that's, I think where you, where you are right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that's a great. Micro step. So so did we finish analyze or are we still in the middle of analyze?
1: we're not we're not to it yet like i think are we collect that's it is like the thing is is we you you and i know that it's so heavily weighted on the collect side yeah um but that's not what everybody wants to hear they want to hear go take action and go do it you know burn the boats go all in It's like, I'm not so sure about that. I'm not so sure that's always the best way to approach this because our instincts, Dr. Jeff talked about this yesterday on our call, our instincts and our impulses, they're not, you know, I would say more often than not, they can be right. But we've all had these instances where we've reacted in certain situations and it didn't end up getting us closer to what we want. So that's what we're trying to safeguard from here. It's not like we're not saying get into analysis paralysis. I, I think we always want to be uh, biasing action, but micro-stepping and collecting the data. So we, I think we did collect the data. We looked at it, we analyzed it, and we said, okay, here's the step, the strategy. This is the micro-step we're going to go take. Let's go execute on that, mm-hmm. and then we'll bring it back through case. But you still have some work To define success in that role define exactly what you're looking for define your commissioner frame stuff i would go seek out the professional skeptic frame from all of your team get them to tell you why they think this is a bad idea because you might find something that you hadn't considered right um and once we do all that we'll get some information back and it'll allow us to then run through this again knowing what we know now should we continue right which is the investor frame
0: yeah absolutely perfect i think there's a good place to wrap up here uh and then yeah uh when i do have this interview and if it makes sense to move forward we'll have an update or well, we'll have a longer update if, if if it doesn't go the way we want it to go we'll have a really short update
1: right well and and again remember that this can't take resources from the main thing right so it's like we have to make sure that we're, we're kind of fitting it in here so yeah i'm eager to hear Go do these things. Come back. Let's see. Let's see if we can like you know rehash this once we've done it. Yeah. And uh, you know if you're listening to this, like this is the process that we go through. I I take people through uh, on our certainty strategy sessions, which I'm doing. You can go to realestatecertainty.com if you want to go through the same process I just did with Steve. You've got a big decision that you're looking to make, or a big challenge in your business. You're not sure what you're what you should do. If you want. To schedule some time, I can walk you through this process of asking these questions in, a, in an order that can help you think through this um, without just reacting based on our impulses and our instincts. Because as we know, they don't always serve us. Sometimes we get it right, but sometimes we end up making a mess and getting mm-hmm. further away from what we want.
0: And not just making it going the wrong way, but going the wrong way fast. Right. And then it takes longer to get back time it takes the time the amount of time it took for us to go off track is significantly smaller than the time it takes us to get back on track right right
1: yeah, it's more important to be heading in the right direction than going fast
0: yeah so cool uh, we'll wrap up here. I hope you guys got a ton of value hopefully this kind of cl- adds some clarity as to what we talk about in certainty talks you know trying to get what you want when you want it on your terms uh this is uh really helpful for me and gave me some more clarity uh, and I think you know. Paul might question why he's a business partner with me right now. But beyond that, I hope you guys really, again, really enjoyed it. Got a lot of value. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everyone.